Hello, and welcome to the Beef Hero Podcast, for now. This is like for funsies. I thought, oh, I have time. Let me do this. And I'm. this is one of my least prepared outlines episodes. Today, we're going to talk about um, love and attention. And specifically, a quote from Ladybird, where Ladybird, the main character, shows um, one of her teachers her college essay. And, you know, she writes about her hometown and she writes about love means a lot of different things for a lot of different people. But I think that for the most part, it's consistent, even when you don't realize that it's there and it's always in like your back in the back of your head sometimes and it's more than just like romantic things like you can love like a place and it's how much you actually attend to them i'm gonna read this like psychology paper that i found that i really liked one of the primary ways we give and receive love is through giving and receiving attention when we pay attention to another we are literally attending to one of their deepest needs when we give someone flowers or send them a card and let them know we are thinking of them we are giving them love this giving of attention attending to another is love when we give our attention to grows and flourish and blossoms gardeners with green thumbs talk to their plants cats and dogs let us know very vocally when they want attention, people let you know when you want, when they want that attention, when they want that love. It's something that, you know, love is an ability. Love is something that you're able to do. Maybe not always, but you're able to do it. You know, you're able to love someone. You're able to fall out of love, but you're able to do it, even if it hurts, especially. And you're able to do it, especially when that person makes you happy. And so... It's funny that we think about it as like, okay, love equals attention. Because attention is also in our control. Attention is also in our, you know, in our ability. How much we're able to give something attention. How much we're able, how much we want to give into something. You know, there's people that are like, oh, I'm not good with plants. Well, you're not giving it the necessary amount of attention. Or maybe it's not like plants are different, but... <laughs> You get what I mean. It's not giving or receiving attention. When you're not receiving enough attention, you may feel lonely. You may feel sad. You may feel depressed. When we fail to give our attention to those around us, whether animals, plants, or people, they start to wither. Our button expressions and sometimes poor substitutes for what we really want and need. When I, when you first hear that someone like hates you and is giving you this negative energy giving you this negative attention you're like oh my god what did i do wrong but we're not friends we're not even acquaintances started hating me and it fell out of the blue and i was like oh oh this is where this is going the more that you are opposed to something and instead of like straight up standing up for yourself you can just choose to be the bigger person but like choose to let it not affect you in a way because it's a lot like it 
it felt for a while that it was a lot of attention and I felt like I couldn't control it and now it feels like controllable like now it feels like and it's like it's so funny how that works I'm trying to see it's really strange how that works because smile or ponder off actually the wi-fi went out is this still going is this still going yeah this is still going okay i'm in a basement and i thought the wi-fi went out and it like cut off everything that i've just been saying but when i like stopped giving into it and like now but yeah i feel like this whole idea that love equals attention is what is what makes long distance relationships that much harder because it's harder to demonstrate how much you want to give this person attention and like acknowledge that so far away online now now we have like facetime and all that stuff and you can still mail things to each other but it'll take a while and it's it doesn't convey people's feelings clear clearly as much as like being next to a person is also i think this again this whole like love equals attention thing goes like to your deep roots of childhood you know how much attention were you given when you were a child because when you're a kid you're like oh attention is good there's like some kids like i'm talking toddlers here that just because their parent is giving them attention they'll keep on doing the action over and over again like they think it's funny they think it's a joke to the parent and what i find is like ignoring the child is is obviously like the worst choice but sometimes it like it does something to a child where it like makes it it makes the kid think that again they're not deserving of love because in this society, love is attention. Oh my god, I love how I flipped that over. I love Ladybird. I'm sorry. I was like watching Lady. I was like watching clips of Ladybird, and I was like, I love it. I like love it right now. There's this quote from it. I think I'm just gonna like talk about Ladybird in this episode because I don't know what else to talk about, and I'm ten minutes in. Um, there's this uh, other quote from Ladybird where the mom is like. I want you to be the very best version of yourself. And Ladybird says, what if this is my best version? You know? And it's like so like... Obviously because the movie is so much about the mirroring between Ladybird and her mom. And the way where it's like... You know, it kind of flips at the end. Ladybird going to college far away. Getting what she wants. You know, getting to go to the East Coast in New York City. And her mom, like, ignoring her. Just, like, the same way that it was. I don't know. You know, and and Ladybird wants to, like, satisfy her mother. She wants to breach the standard that her mother has placed over her head. And I think that comes from, like, a place of, like, of herself. Because Ladybird's mom is like, oh, you should just go to community college. You should stay here because it's cheaper it's better it's like the safest choice but also there's like there's this like scary thought of ladybird just going to college and it's like what is she gonna do and the entire movie i'm thinking like she's very immature and for her wanting to like break out of her home of her like sake of her hometown of her sacred place and like wanting to go and do that and 
go somewhere else. It's very brave of her, but it's also very like kind of stupid of her. Because I don't think she realizes until the end of the movie how much a person can like miss their hometown. Like how much a person actually like misses everything that they ever were in one place, you know? Because now, like, for example, me, I've also done this recently where I like, I grew up in Chicago. Now I live somewhere else. And it was like a really, it was a really big shift for me because also culturally, like Chicago is a very different place than where I live now. But it was also like everything I have ever been has been in Chicago, you know, or has always come back to Chicago. I've traveled before, but it has always come back to Chicago. And now it's kind of like the opposite. Like I, yeah, it is the opposite. I like live here now and I just visit Chicago. You know, I like go back and I've like visited and I think about it, but it's not the same, you know, it's not the same as like living there, being the person that I was there. And obviously Lady Bird wants to be very independent and very herself, even though she doesn't know what herself is. So when she realizes that herself is a combination of you know sacramento and not instead of like settling down and realizing that sacramento is not a bad place which is kind of what happens when the sister talks to her when her teacher talks to her and reads the essay she's like whoa this is my place like this is my home and she still goes ahead and goes to school in new york city but it's it isn't until the end of the movie where we see her go to church where she's like crying and she like realizes she played right into the whole I'm gonna leave my hometown leaves the hometown and is very sad about it <laughs> because you know it's not what she expected and ladybird like it's like like I said the whole mirroring of mother and daughter and like it, the movie even starts with them crying you know and then they go into a fight and then oh my god i love the scene because it's so it's so full of nuance the scene of ladybird trying on the prom dress and i forget what the mom says what's it say i don't know oh, i'm there's this article that's like the review of it i'll link it in the in the in the description um, the review of Ladybird, and she like talks about. I haven't watched the movie in a while, but I have watched it. I think I've watched it like three times. Um, but I don't know what she, she when she tries on like the prom dress and the mom. Oh, and Ladybird asks her like, like, do you love me? And the mom was like, yes, obviously. Like you're my daughter. And she's like, okay, but do you like me? Like those are very different. And I think it works both ways with the kids and parents. Like, sometimes, obviously, you know, a parent that has raised their child is going to, like, subconsciously love their child and, like, adore them because they're their offspring. That's what we're mentally condoned to do. But sometimes, the parent may not like their child. They may not like the person that their child has turned into they may not like the way that they are they may not like 
their opinions or completely agree with it because obviously parent child different generations um but the the movie is in itself so full of nuance i love Greta Gerwig's movies sometimes i think that they're kind of long like i was watching little women and i was like there's times where i'm like oh i really want to watch little women but it's like very few clips <laughs> and i like i love it i love the acting you know, part of it i love little women in itself but i also think the story within itself is so much more important than the way greta gerwig is telling it <laughs> in the movie it's specifically like the jumping back and forth in time i think is very like smart but also it makes it like to the point where you know what happened when they were kids like you every like we watched the 19 19- 84 version we know what happens then they told it chronologically we read the book and so when she goes back in time you're like what is she going to change right like what is she going to change what's gonna what's going to be different here how is the story going to change and it doesn't feel as strong as the the future scenes where like I'm pretty sure Greta Gerwig was the one. It might have been in the book. Was the one where, was the one that added the whole like, um, Joe going to the office and like asking for a part, asking for it, not a part, asking, you know, can you read this? I want to submit it to the, to the journal. And I think they like really added that. They also added a lot about. She also added so much about Amy that people just love like people really love (laughs) those scenes with amy i really love them i'm like guilty of it i was watching that scene where tim like timothy laurie goes to the the dance the ball in and france and amy's like oh my god you jerk like you i was waiting for an hour and he's like drunk and then she looks and she's she looks at his hand and is like aren't you ashamed of this hand it hasn't done a day of work and that ring is ridiculous because Lori is so obviously still hung up on Joe when when they're both in Paris like you can see it like you can see the desperation in his eyes well i feel it <laughs> when i watch it i'm like oh he's still he's not over her um but like you can see it in the ball like he's like sad and then she points and amy points out that he's wearing the ring that joe gave him and she's like oh my god this person this this person is is like so awfully hung up over something that happened you know a couple years ago and there's nothing that a person can do except just hope that he gets over it they added that. They added so Greta Gerwig added so many like good, good scenes to Little Women, and Little Women is like an obviously like good story within itself. It's an incredible story for daughters, for girls, and we can talk about how they like all represent different things. They all, for the four of them, represent different types of art: Joe writing, Meg acting, Amy 
painting an illustration and bed beth um is obviously music and like the way that they both like exemplify that in the movie is just like so because it is kind of like that except i i do think that meg doesn't really show acting so that much except in the flashbacks and there's something about the flashbacks that just feel off about it like in the little women 2019 movie where it's like okay like why aren't they saying christmas won't be christmas without father here (laughs) like that makes you kind of angry (laughs) because it always starts that i've read like different adaptations of little women graphic novel adaptations where like joe is gay which i personally like that one better um (laughs) it's like it's like a contemporary adaptation of what little women would be like in in this day and age and they even even then they start the moon they start the book the graphic novel with the girls all like sitting on couches like reading and they're like christmas won't be christmas without father here also, oh my god, I love that. That was my first introduction to Little Women. It was a graphic novel version. It was, like, in Target. I think I got it in Target. It was, like, a purple cover. And it starts just, like, the... It starts just, like, the book. Just, like, all the movies. It's, like, Christmas won't be Christmas without Father here. And, it like, the story goes on, like usual. But in the end, it's, like, Joe's gay... And Meg is adopted. Obviously, their father is. This is like set in what? I don't. I don't know when this is set, but like, their father's in the military. Like all this stuff, and it's really good. And they have like a neighbor, just like the just like the original. And I don't know. It like gives me like chills every time I read it. I'm like, oh, <laughs> this is what little one would be like if it was you know, uh, in modern times. What else? The script is exceptionally well-written, full of wordplay and lively argument. Every line sounds like something a person might actually say, which makes that the movie is so exceptionally well-acted. This is going back to Lady Bird, but I do agree that Greta Gerwig, in general, likes to add a lot of drama to her movies. And it's so necessary and instead of being instead of making it like a necessary drama it's like very nuanced drama like when you see oh i should finish talking real soon sorry when you see laurie and joe fighting because he just proposed to her or arguing um you're like whoa this is like heavy this is this feels like something important when you see amy saying like i'm not a poet but I am a woman, and I can't own anything, and like, ugh. Okay, sorry. I don't know what I'm going to name this episode. It's just me babbling about Little Women, and Lady Bird, and Greta Gerwig, and love and attention. Do you think love equals attention? I do think love, love equals attention. Now, after I've just said everything, um, a part of me is like, maybe not, but if you pay a lot of attention to something, you probably love it. I'm going to leave you with that. And goodbye. See you in the next episode.